I never heard that song before, but that was a beautiful song. Powerful. If you could stand, please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 and down. <clears throat> Book of Philippians chapter 3. I don't know about you, but I love the book of Philippians, a very, very proactive book, very book to help us and encourage us. But let's see what Paul has to say for us here this morning through the Word of God. And uh, the title of this morning, the message, Keep Your Eyes on the Prize. Keep Your Eyes on the Prize. Look, look, let's look at Philippians 3.12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, Therefore, which I also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect and thus minded, and if Anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto ye have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on the prize. Let's keep our eyes on the finish line. Let us keep our eyes on the things that is important to you, Lord. I pray, Father, bless the message of your word this morning, Lord. I pray for someone here or on social media never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. May today they call upon you for salvation. And Lord, for your, your children this morning, may we keep our eyes on you, our eyes on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We continue with our theme, Refocus. And I think we need to refocus on a prize. There is a prize for those of us to uh, keep our eyes on the finish line. Paul, when he wrote this uh, uh, epistle to the uh, Ephesians, he was not in a hotel room. He was not on vacation. He was in prison. And his eyes were on Christ. He didn't let his circumstances to dictate his life. He was joyful, secure in Christ. I, uh, I was teaching the kids this morning, the kids, our young adults this morning, I was teaching them about about impossible situations. I went right to Joseph uh, in the Bible. Of course, Joseph and Mary, is, I didn't try to teach them a, a Christmas message. It was not that. It was about when Joseph got the news from Mary that she was about to have a child. You know, there are three times of situations in life that all of us face as adults. There are situations we can avoid, and we will avoid at all costs. There are situations we go right through it, and there are situations we find ourselves in. And you know what? They happen all the time. It's not like it happened one time. As long as you live, those three will follow you. And the thing is, there's two ways to do it. You can do it by yourself or try to do the best you can. Or like Joseph, trust God. He listened to the voice of the angel. He trusted the word to be true. And he marveled in the end. It was a blessing. So here we see Paul. His situation is not the best one. Some people say, oh, jails these days. Like he was on house arrest. Do you want to be on house arrest? Who wants to be on house arrest? You see, we think, we talk without thinking. He was not a free man. 
But then in that situation, he had his eyes on the Lord, and he wrote those words through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, and for us today, so we can do the same as well. So for the sake of introduction, have you ever ran a marathon? All right. Did you ever run a marathon? What about the Boston Marathon? Do you ever want to see the Boston Marathon? Oh, you guys don't like sports. <laughs> Go on. You guys don't like sports at all? I'm the only one here, Brother Tom. I mean, in my house, my mother-in-law's TV, she says, her TV doesn't play sports. <laughs> Maybe I got to try one of these days and go there, sit with her and watch some, some ball game. <laughs> so running a good race requ requires this. I ran a marathons before, so let me share something from me that I experienced. It runs focus. I mean, it, I'm sorry, it requires focus. Physical, uh, you have to be physically up to it. Uh, and perseverance. Pains will come. Your mind will tell you, my leg hurts. Your mind will tell you, quit. Your mind will tell you, oh, you know, it's too far. Your mind will play tricks on you as you, you have a long journey ahead of you. You know, it does that to you. And your mind tells you, you know, why are you doing this for? You know, and, and, and you keep going to those things. So running a race means you are there for the whole run, for the long run, uh, from start to finish, you lay your distractions aside, lay your pains aside, and you keep on going until the finish line. He said, really, this happens in maritimes? Yeah, try one. Try to run like uh, 5 kilometers or 10 kilometers, whatever that is, maybe 10 or 15, 20 or 25 miles. And you keep running and see what's going to happen. You're going to have cramps. You're going to have pains. Your, man, your, 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 your body's, I mean, your brain is going to tell you, I'm thirsty. Uh, I need water in my head. I have all these things that come to your mind. Uh, you, you're going to feel all those things. You know what? Keep on going. Is that the Christian life? The Christian life is the same. It's a journey. And as we go through the Christian life, what happens? It is a marathon. We keep on going. That's why Paul says, keep your eyes on the, on the finish line. You know why? Because it's a marathon. What's going to happen during this marathon? Discouragement, obstacles, potholes in the road, detours, all those things. And what we do? Keep your eyes on the mark. Yesterday I was driving. I was coming down and it says detour. Bridge is closed. What do you do? You roll the detour, right? You don't go run through it. There's no way to go, so you go to detour. You keep your eyes and you get back to your destination again. That's what happens. So the Bible compares, like I said, the Christian life to a race. Now there are different types of race in the Christian life. Uh, uh, but... The best one to compare is, the, is a marathon. It is not a 100 yards dash, and it is a long run. And you've got to persevere. You've got to be there for the long run. So let me, let's look at this um, title of this message today. Keep your eyes on the price from several points. Okay, now, now point number one, if you're following with me on, on the outline. Actually, in the outline right there, uh, I made a mistake there at two morning services. Obviously, I cannot preach two messages at the same time unless you want to stay around. And I preach one message after the other, but I'm just kidding. But anyway, this one this morning, that's the message you want to hear. Uh, I didn't put evening service in the other side of the bulletin. So anyway, number one is make God's goal your own. 
Make God's goal your own. Look what it says in verse 12. Not, not as though I already attain, either we're already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, for which I also am apprehending of Jesus, of Christ Jesus. So the Christian life is a marathon, but let me tell you this. Make God's goal your own. Your relationship with God is not my relationship with God. You got that? My relationship with God, my walk with God is not your walk with God. In the Christian life, there are different steps. I can be ahead spiritually today than you. Tomorrow, you can be ahead of me. That's what happened in the marathon, isn't it? You got people that passes others. Sometimes you're running side by side with others. Sometimes there's a whole group of people all running in the same pace. That's the marathon. In the Christian life, is this spiritual, the way the way life faces us, the way we face things, is what happens. Sometimes we, we fall back. We fall back a couple steps, and people get ahead of us, and we try to catch up, and we do. So don't compare your Christian life or your, your marathon or your journey to anybody else, even though we all saved, even though we are Christians and live in the Christian life. But the, the journey, we are in different steps. You might be ahead two miles. I might be behind five miles. You, we don't know. But guess what? Is that you, you, your relationship with the Lord is your relationship with the Lord. So make God's goals your own. Now, letter A, be honest about where you are in your Christian walk. This begins with honesty about where you are in your Christian walk. Notice Paul's honesty here. Paul doesn't claim he is perfect. He, is, he, has, he has made, as a Christian, he has made several mistakes. He didn't arrive yet, and he didn't claim to be perfect. Now, Paul realizes he's still on a journey, and that he still, uh, still has a long way to go, even though he's in that predicament that he's in. So too often we think, I am the only Christian struggling with, with my Christian life. That is not true, folks. We all struggle from time to time. We all have problems. I can give you a slew of my problems right now. I can give it to you, but I don't. I give it to the Lord. But we all have. And, you know, sometimes you think, oh, somebody's laughing, smiling. Their life is good for them. No, all of us, as you mean, you know that, as adults, we, we all have situations and problems of life. Life is not easy. So we, are, uh, uh, we think, I mean, Elijah even said that, you know, I'm the only one here. No, God said, I have 700 down there. See, what happens here is that uh, we... For us to think we are the only ones struggling, we are lying to ourselves because it's not true. We look around and we, and we see all people smiling and we think that everything is good with them. We say, I could never share my struggles with them because they could never understand me. There's, let me put it this way. Let me go back a little bit. There are situations on which people do understand you. And we need to talk with each other. We need to share our burdens with each other. Absolutely. But there are situations only God can understand. Let me give me an example. When I was dealing with cancer, I had so many loving people that came to me and said, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. Many loving people in the church. They felt bad for me that I have that. They did. But you know what? In the end of the day, only God could understand my struggles. I had to go to the Lord. Not even my wife, not my kids, not my church family. I needed to get together with God and talk with Him because I'm the one who's going through it. And even though I knew people loved me and cared about all those problems, in the end of the day, I needed to talk to my God about the most things that were in my heart concerning my concerns and what I was going through. So, and Paul right here, 
pretty much tries to help us with that. So any perfect people think, oh, well, oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry, is any perfect people here this morning? No, we're all imperfect people. We're all sinners. We all make, uh, uh, make mistakes. And Paul said, even though with all the things that we do, we need to keep our eyes on the finish line. I, I didn't arrive here in my Christian life, believe me. I would never have that thought in my mind. I, I'm still learning. I'm still learning as a Christian, going on and learning. That's why I find need to go read my Bible every day. Why I do that? Because I'm trying to learn God's Word. Because every time I read it, God gives me something else. And God gives me something else. So I didn't arrive yet. I don't think Paul arrived. And, he, and I think none of us will ever arrive until we get to heaven. Let it be. Align your goals with God's goals for your life. That's what Paul's saying in the second uh, half of the verse 12. Look, it says, I may apprehend for uh, that for which I, also, I'm, I, am also, I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. God grabbed hold of Paul because he had a purpose for Paul's life. And if you are a Christian, you're trying to get hold of you. He's trying to get a hold of you because he has a purpose for you and for me. Let me put it this way. God have a purpose for all of us here this morning. You follow that? God have a purpose for all of us. When He doesn't have any more purpose for you, He will take you home. Your mission is over, mission accomplished, you go home. That's why I say, Christian people, we don't die, we graduate to heaven. We just go to heaven because our mission is over. Paul came to the end of the journey, he went home. So, do you know the Lord's purpose for your life? And if you don't know, did you ever ask Him, Lord, what is my purpose in this world? What do you want me to do? I'm here, Lord. What do you want me to do? I will do it. But we have to ask Him. Ask Him. He will give it to you. I, you know, I have faith enough, I believe, that God would, would reveal to us what is His purpose for us. I mean, His general purpose for all of His children, what is one of the general purpose? Be more like Jesus. That's a general purpose. It's right in the Bible for all of us. But he has, a, he has special purpose for you and for me. That's the reason why he gives you talents and he gives you gifts so you can use in your local church, so you can use in your daily life because he has a purpose for your life and for mine. So his purpose for you is that he will, you will worship him, praise him, serve him. That's a purpose for him. Look what it says actually in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had given as before ordained that we should walk in them. So we are as workmanship. What does that mean? God has continued to work in us and through us to make us more like His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a purpose for your life, but in order to fulfill that purpose, you need to grab hold of which He, which he grabbed hold of you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you need to grab hold of that for which he had grabbed hold of you. And you can only do that if you spend time with him in his word, listen to the preaching of his word, the teaching of his word. And let me tell you, otherwise we miss the, we miss the point. Let me tell you, is Sunday school important? Yes, it is. The body is there. It is important. You know why? Because it's a teaching time. It is morning service important. Yes, it is. It is evening service important. Yes, it is. Is Wednesday night important? Yes, it is. Why? Because they're all designed so you can grow in the Lord. 
You know, they all design. We, we worship the Lord. We praise His name. But God wants you to know His word in and out so you can live a blessed life. You said, Pastor, is that all my problems will go away? I didn't say that. We live in a sinful world, cursed by sin. So problems are always going to arrive. But we can, we can deal with the problems and situations of life in a better way if we, put, if we know the Word of God and make application of it. So God has a purpose for your life, but in order to fulfill that purpose, we need to get hold of those things. So, God may, God's goal, uh, uh, I mean, make God's goals for you, for your own. Be honest about where you are in your Christian life and align your goals with God's goal for your life. And that's what God wants you to do. God has goals for your life. Ask Him what the goals are. And when the, you have those goals in your mind, you know what it is, follow through. Follow through. Number two, keep a forward focus at all times. Keep, look at verse, we see verse 13 and verse 14. You see, keep a forward focus at all times as you travel on the road, on the path that God laid before you. You can't run every, you can't run very well looking backwards. You ever try to do that? You try to do, uh, run backward, I mean, uh, 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 you, 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 I'm sorry, you can't run very well looking backwards. You can't. You can't drive forward looking in a rearview mirror. You can't. If you are going to press on towards the goal as you, uh, uh, for your life, you need to keep forward focus at all times. Actually, Paul is very positive here. Don't you know the Christian life is a, is, is a positive thinking all the time? God wants us to think positive, to be, to be always anticipating, always looking forward, not Looking backwards doesn't mean you're going to forget the past. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is living the present and looking forward to the future. So if you're going to press on towards the goal that God has for you, you need to keep forward focus at all time. So, uh, so how do you do that? There are three things here. Get rid of all distractions. Get rid of all distractions. Look what it says in verse 13. Brethren, I come not myself to have apprehended... But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Let me put it this way. What did Paul do in the past? Now think about it. Paul is talking here. Did he forget? Obviously he did not. It was in his heart. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. What did he do in the past? He was a Pharisee. Lived by the law. Persecuted the church. How many people died because of Paul? Did it bother him? Obviously it did. Did he forget? Folks, we cannot forget the past, but we cannot live in the past. That's what he's trying to say here. He's saying, you know, those things there, don't, don't, don't go. Listen, imagine if Paul continued to live life thinking about what he, what he had done and let that stuff shape your life. Paul would never be the... the, the, the the, the person that he was for the Lord, he would never accomplish the things that God put in his, in, in his life. He would never do. Same thing with us. First of all, get rid of all distractions. Don't think for a moment that Paul totally forgot about his past. He did not. Don't think for a moment that Paul forgot what he had done for Christians. Don't think for a moment that Paul forgot about everything. He did not. Folks, there are things in our lives that we just, we just don't forget. They're there. But Paul refused to allow those things to shape his life in the present and in the future. 
He had his eyes on the Lord. He knew God forgave him. If God forgave him, then we move forward. In other words, his goal was not to re relive the past, but to live and serve the Lord in the present. I'm sure that Paul had many things going in his life, and yet he, he was able to focus in all of his energy in, 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 in the Lord. It says, one thing, this one thing I do. He got rid of all the distractions and kept his focus on Christ. How many things do you do? How many distractions you and I have in our lives? How many things that happens each and every day that can distract us? One day at work, I was so distracted by this guy, and I was doing a very serious job. I was installing two big valves, and I was, I was so distracted by him. You know what I did? I, I almost installed the valves. I did actually install the valves backwards until it was almost time to, for the next person to work on it. And I realized, I'm like, oh, stop, stop. So distractions can deviate our minds from focusing on what we're doing. What we ought to do today, we ought to focus on the Lord. We ought to focus on what is important so we can come in this journey of life. When we allow distractions to manipulate our mind, we sometimes we get, we, we don't know what we do, and we make mistakes along the way. Let it be. Forgetting what is behind, strain towards what is ahead. Look at the rest of the verse. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. When you are in a race, the last thing you want to do is to look back. You look at the finish line. You don't want to run and look back because you might fall. You might trip on something. You, want, you look into the line. You want to get there before the person behind you. Take a look at the picture in the screen. Can you put that picture up? Uh, I have a couple pictures for you. Here's the picture. Anybody knows what that picture is? That picture is older than me. Do you recognize that? Here's another one. Can you flip the other one? Here's a picture. Somebody made a statue out of this thing. They said, what in the world is that? Well, I'm going to explain that to you. All right? Nobody recognizes those things? Okay. It is a brown sculpture right here, uh, 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 celebrating the race between John Landy and Rogers, uh, I think it's Benister, his name, during 1954 British Games in Vancouver. All right? This was the race known as the Miracle Mile right here because it was the first race in history to feature two runners who had both run the mile under four minutes, a mile in under four minutes. Lenny, Lenny held the world record, and he was actually winner of this race when he made one critical mistake. He was winning the race when he was running, and he made a cr critical mistake. He looked back over his shoulder to check Benister's position, position, and as he looked over his shoulder on the left, Benister searching and passed him on the right. And he won the race by 0.8 seconds. This statue was a sculpture from a photo photograph and actually moved to the photograph. If you look at that, can you go back to the other picture? Look, he's looking to, to, the, to the left, and the other guy is passing him in the right. They're in the race. He looks to the left, the other guy is passing him in the right. 
That was enough for him to lose the race. And he was ahead when he was doing that. You see, that's what happened in life. Keep your eyes on the mark. You can take the pictures down. Keep your eyes. I'm surprised none of you know this stuff. <laughs> All right, maybe you learn something from history right now. So, I'll give you something from the Bible that happened too. Lot's wife suffered the same type of loss when running from God's judgment. She looked where? She looked back. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 19, verse 24. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brainstorming fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew these, those cities with all the plains and all the habitations of the cities and that which grew up on the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You see this? It is another people, right? Different circumstances, different situation. She's there running out of the city because God's going to bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. By the way, it happened. It's not a fiction. It is a true story. And I tell you what, she looked back, she lost. You know what? Keep your eyes on the mark. Keep your eyes on the mark. Why look back when you can look forward? Do you ever look back in such a way that keeps you from moving forward in your Christian life? Some people look back and their past successes and all the achievements and accomplishments. Instead of serving God in the present, they take comfort in how they served God in the past. Wonderful to serve the Lord in the past. What about today? What about tomorrow? Yesterday is gone. This happened in sports, folks. Uh, the guy was so famous yesterday. And tomorrow he's sitting, I mean, I mean yesterday, today he's sitting in the bench. We say, why are you sitting that guy in the bench? Because he's not as good as he was in the past. But can he do something else? Yes, he can. He can come out of the bench and make a, a difference. You see, some people look at those things. So churches can be real good at this too. We can sit around talking about the good old days. Instead of focusing on what God has for us now. This is our time. This is now our time to serve. Don't miss it out. Because it will come a time we cannot serve Him anymore. We can sit and talk around like I say. If God has used you in the past, that's great. But realize that God can still use you today and tomorrow. Don't ever settle for being as, oh, the good old days. Yes, what about the present good days. Every day is a good day. Listen, it doesn't matter if it snows. It doesn't matter if it rains. It doesn't matter if it's windy. It doesn't matter if it's sunny and hot. Every day is a good day. Every day is a day to say, thank you, Lord. You give me one more day. Lord, help me to serve you today. I want to serve you today. Let me put it this way. Don't ever settle for being as banned. They are there's no as-bends in the Christian life. Only people whom God wants to use in the present. And let me tell you, God wants to use you every day. He wants to use you, work through you every day. Other people have the opposite problems. Instead of looking at their past success, they focus on their failures. They have failed God in the past. They, and they feel bad. They feel that God cannot use them in the present. I tell you what, there is a Christian man that he used to come to us, to our church, in, at First Baptist Church, and he, and he got saved. And he was there, growing in the Lord, and after a couple of years, he dropped out of church, totally disappeared out of church. And one day I saw him, he was invited for a canoe trip, a men's canoe trip, so we went canoeing. Uh, 
my goodness, Patrick was like a little boy at the time. And we went on the canoe trip. And I talked to him and said, brother, good to see you. Where are you? I was talking to him and said, I said, why don't you just come back to church? He goes, oh, I get many fail. I failed God. You say, what do you mean you failed God? Oh, I failed God. And he began to tell me things like this. God can forgive you and restore you. And you can serve the Lord again. And he, he lifts up his, his shirt. And he has all types of tattoos. You see what I did? God doesn't like that. I said, I said to him, brother, God loves you just as you are. Come to him. He did. Came to church. But sometimes we focus on our past failures and we think, oh, what God's going to think of me. You know what God thinks of you? He loves you. He cares about you. You are loved by him. And he wants to restore you and he wants to work through you. He's a God of first, second, third, 20 chances. And he keeps giving it to us because that's how he is. You see, if they feel God in the past, so they feel that God cannot use them in the present. If it's that you, let me encourage you this morning. First of all, if you are in Christ, know that God has forgiven you. You may not have forgiven yourself, but God has forgiven you, and God can use you in the present. Secondly, know that God still has work for you to do. That's why you're still living Think this way. As long as you live, God can use you. If you keep looking backwards, you will never look forward. You never go forward. As Christians, we need to forget what is behind and then reach towards what is ahead. There is effort involved in the Christian life. You are saved by grace. But that does not mean that there is no work for us to do. It is work. Let me put it this way. Faith is not a decision you made in the past that has no effect in your life today. Faith is something that you need to work out every single day. If you are going to keep forward focused, you need to get rid of all distractions. You need to, get to, to forget what is behind and, and look forward towards the head. Let us see. Press on towards the goal to win the prize. Look at verse 14. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This verse is all about perseverance, and purposeful life. Do you have a purposeful living? You've got to have a purposeful living. What are you living for? Jesus. That's my purpose. Do I have a family? Do I have a home? Do I have a job? Do I have responsibilities? I have all those things. You know my purpose? Jesus is my purpose. I live for Him each day. Am I perfect? No. I make mistakes? Absolutely. It's my purpose. Keep your eyes on Him. If our purpose is Him, life is totally different. Because let me tell you, folks, you cannot avoid problems. They will come. You cannot avoid turmoils in life. They will come. Keep your eyes on the mark. This verse is about perseverance and purposeful living. What good is if you run a great race and if you drop up before the finish line? You need to persevere and how to do, to do that. You need to have purpose. You need to keep your eyes on the goal. God has called you, you, uh, uh, you uh, uh, I'm sorry, called you a heaven, heavenward in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. He said, oh, what about if I run a marathon and somebody already run the race and I'm the last person to get there? So you're the last person to get there. At least you feel good that you, you made it through the finish line. Sometimes you even see the people on TV that they're 
finally made it to the finish line. They, I mean, their names got famous. They got a lot of two minutes of fame on TV. Oh, look, they made it. Don't give your life to earthly things. You have a high calling as a Christian. Don't give anything complicity, but give, be content. You need to be satisfied in Jesus and yet have a holy contentment about your progress uh, looking and living for Jesus. That's what Paul was. Paul said, I am content. Now, contentment is not something that it comes automatically when we're born. Why do you think children cry and little babies cry? Because they're not content. They need to be satisfied. Why? You feed them. Well, they have a dirty diaper. And unless you change them, they're not content. Same thing with us. We learn to be content. It's something that we learn to. Paul was in prison, but you know what? Even in that situation, he was satisfied. He was content. Focus your mind on the finish line. Remember that the race is all about him. Keep your eyes on the prize. What happens in the race as you get closer to the finish line? You don't slow down. You speed up because in the end is at sight. You are running a race and the prize is before you. Sometimes, you know, we would see those, those people running races. When, when the finish line gets ahead, they seem like they have a burst of energy. They go faster at it. You know, some of them, like, I see them like people running bicycles, and some of them even fall before they get to the thing because they try to get it ahead, that burst of energy. I think one guy I see one time, this, uh, I remember that, this guy was running his bicycle, and he was ahead, and, and he puts his hand up in celebration, and and. and Bicycles flip and he flip up and the other guy passed him. <laughs> he lost the race, poor guy, and he was all scratched and hurt, uh, walking across the finish line with his bicycle. He was he came in second place, poor guy. But anyway, he he he, he lost his focus. He was celebrating before what? Before he got there. Number three, don't lose ground in your walk with Jesus. Don't lose ground in what you, when you walk with Jesus. We see this in verse 15 and verse 16. Look what it says. Let us therefore. Paul is trying to get our attention here. So let us therefore, as many as be perfect and thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal uh, even this unto you. And he goes, two, ver- two words are very important. Verse 15, let us therefore. Verse 16, nevertheless. Make God's goal your goal. Keep a forward focus at all times. Don't lose ground in your walk with the Lord. Keep a positive. Keep them forward. You know what you know? The Bible is not about pessimism. If you read your Bible, it's not about pessimism. The Bible is an encouraging book. Always helping, trying to help us to move forward. That's our Bible. You know, if you want to be encouraged, read your Bible. It's a good thing. Letter A. All mature believers will share the same attitude. This is two things in particular I want you to see from this verse. First of all, all mature believers will share the same attitude that Paul has been promoting here. There is a play on words here because the word used for mature here is the same word used for perfect back in verse 12. When he said he was not yet made perfect, in other words, in other words perfect people know they are imperfect. There's no one perfect. Uh, and God, uh, uh, part of Christian maturity is knowing that you haven't arrived yet and that is still plenty of room to grow. You know, people say, I don't need to learn anything else. I know it all. That's ignorance at a high level. Even away from Christianity, when people say that, you go, really? 
We learn every single day. Yesterday, I tried to explain something in my workplace with my family, and my son said something, and I look at him, and he looks at me and said, you've been here for 18 years. I've been here a lot less than you. You don't know this? I learned a lesson there. I let him loose just teaching the thing, and I was learning as you're saying. I'm like, I didn't even thought of that. And he was teaching everybody, and I was learning too. So they have a mind of learning. You know, I didn't arrive yet. And that's, if we have that attitude, we continue to grow in the Lord because, Lord, I'm not there yet. I, I'm still a child. I'm much to learn. And Paul tries to bring that to us so we can understand that. So mature Christians, mature believers, know that they are imperfect. There's no one perfect. I mean, did you ever thought in your mind that you are perfect? Is anybody here perfect? Of course not. And you know what? That's a sign of maturity in your part. You know you're not perfect. You know you have flaws. I know I have flaws. How could I go say, oh, I'm perfect? I mean, you look at me and say, that's a mature statement right there. But if you say, I'm not perfect, you realize you're being honest and telling the truth. You know there's no such thing as being a perfect human. We don't because we have flaws. It is a sign that we understand and we, we grow in the Lord. So John Newton once confessed this way, I'm not what I should be. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I will be, but praise God, I am not what I used to be. Isn't that good? Let me repeat that. You know, John Newton wrote, wrote Amazing Grace. You know that, right? He says, I'm not what I should be. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I will be, but praise God, I am not what I used to be. I say, praise the Lord for that. You know, it's all of us here. Praise the Lord, I'm not what I used to be. That's a mature statement right there. See, Paul says all mature believers will share the same attitude. And then, and then uh, uh, I love what he says in verse 15. Look what it says. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be disminded. Paul isn't being proud here. He just knows he's right. He, 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 he trusts God. God will make these things clear to you and me when time is near. See, Paul says we're not perfect. We didn't arrive yet, but let me tell you this. Let us therefore, why? Keep our eyes on the mark. Let it be. Live up to what you have already attained. Paul chooses in with exhortation to maintain your progress in the faith. Look at verse 16. Nevertheless, he says, folks, if you are moving forward in your Christian life, then we are going, well, we, we not, should not go backwards. The Christian life is a life that demands action. We are called to, 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 to be proactive for our king. We serve a king. The word serve is a word that needs action. A servant. A servant is somebody that is busy doing something, isn't it? We serve in the king of kings. We are a servant. So the Christian life is a proactive life. I so, said, Pastor, how do you do that? I don't preach. I don't teach. Okay. So you don't preach and don't teach. You speak, you walk, right? You live. And what do you do with those three things I just give you? You reflect what? Your Savior. That's what it is. You see, we think, you know, oh, no, no. It's a proactive life. It means everything about you reflects Him. The way we speak, the way we behave, the places we go, the things we do reflects 
That's in a way we grow in our Christian life. We grow in, we reflecting Him. We are His servants. Remember, we serve a king. So the Christian life is a proactive life. Our steps of faith demands to be proactive. The journey of life for the Christian is marked with, with people who are proactive. You don't get in a marathon and stay still. You just stay there and you don't move. What kind of marathon is that? If you run a marathon, you're going to move. Or you walk or whatever you, whatever you do, but you're going to move. So is the Christian life. It demands action. Remember this, we are the soldiers of the cross. We are people who are constantly moving forward. We don't stay still. We don't move backwards, but move forwards. You say, Pastor, but the Bible says be still. Yeah, sometimes we have to stop for a second, be still, and then go again. We're not competing against each other. Follow that? In your Christian journey, we're not competing against each other. This is not a competition, even though it is a marathon. So, when you see a brother falling, what do you do? In your Christian journey, you what? Lift him up. And you encourage him and say, you're not done yet. Come on, let's go. That's the Christian life. <laughs> That's what we do. We pick him up. We don't just say, um, <laughs> I'm praying for you. That's not, the That's not the Christian journey. We don't do that. I don't say, I'm going to get there before you. Ha ha, you fell. That's not the Christian life, folks. <laughs> the Christian life, you lift them up and you say, get up, get up. Come on, let's go. You can do it. You can do it. And you give him a little, mm, and he moves about five feet ahead of you. He or she, whatever the person is. That's the Christian life. The Christian life is not like, I'm going to get there before you. No. It's a journey. Somebody will get there ahead of you. So you will get there in your time, in God's time. I take that back, in, your time, in God's time. So, all of us are in this journey looking towards the finish line. All of us are in this marathon looking towards the finish line. You are running your race. I am running my race. But as you run this race, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't look over your shoulder. Keep your eyes on the mark. Keep your mind on the finish line. Don't get discouraged or distracted. Don't expect an applause from the public or from the crowd around you. Don't expect that. Otherwise, we are moving backwards. Make sure you, you live up to what you have already attained. Keep on going. Don't lose ground. Paul spoke those words. I press towards the mark of the price for the price. Keep going on. You know, sometimes we want to pat on the back. Oh, good boy, you're doing good. Keep going. Keep on going. I saw soccer games in Europe this, during um, COVID. It was nobody in the stands. Nobody. They're playing by themselves. You know what? I didn't see them quit. I didn't see them give up. I saw people that want to win the game. The same thing about us. If people don't pat you in the back and say, oh, you know, sometimes I did this and this, nobody even recognized. Well, God saw it. God saw it and God takes account of those things. That's why he says, welcome home, you good and faithful servant. God sees it, even nobody says it. Don't expect a pat in the back. Just keep on going serving the Lord. I press towards the mark 
These are the words of a confident man, of a committed man, of a man with a goal, of a man with the heart of a winner. Those are words of someone who wants to taste victory. Don't you know, when you get to the finish line and you arrive in heaven, don't you know that's victory? When you are past those pearly gates and you look to the throne and you see the Lord just sitting there waiting for you to come, to just come and say, and, and embrace Him, however going to be, I don't know, but you know what? It is victory. That's why some people say, why you Christians have a celebration when somebody dies instead of, you know, be like desperate and crying? Because we're celebrating a life of somebody that graduated to heaven. Folks, there is victory in Jesus. There is joy. There is peace. There is abundant life in Jesus. There is. And those who are not saved, they don't understand. They don't understand how we can go to troubles and situations of life and just, just keep moving forward. And say, how do you do that? By the grace of God. By the grace of God. He gives us the grace necessary for each day. Then he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. And Paul had to accept that, and he did accept that. I conclude with this. The Christian life is a race. There are only two reason, reasons that may not be, uh, two people that are not be in the race today. The Christian life is a race, but there are only two reasons that you may not be in the race today. You want me to share that reasons with you? Let me share with you as we close. You never started. That means you're not saved. You're not a Christian. You're not a child of God. You never started the race. Secondly, why are you not in the race? You finish the race. You are in heaven. It's two ways. You either, if you're not in the race, in this Christian race, you either never started because you're not saved, or you were there, but you're no longer there because you graduated to heaven. And say, Pastor, how I can I be in this race of life? How I can be in this race, in this Christian race? You need to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Admit that you are sin. Call upon Him to save your soul and receive Jesus as your Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for Paul. And Lord, how uh, uh, the way he was with his words by encouraging us Christians to look forward, not to look